0: Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed, unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled Unleashed starts now. Wow, a lot of life has happened since the last time I talked with you. Um, (laughs) We got the box truck and we got it in the shop and a whole bunch of stuff happened. Long story short, check engine light came on that was the transmission turns out no problem right now so I got to get an emissions check tomorrow is the plan and if everything goes right then we have a box truck officially and we're gonna keep it so we're gonna convert that to a luxury stealth RV and that process will start sooner rather than later we're actually way ahead of schedule because i was able to skip a whole bunch of stuff we're going to raise the height of it we decided not to do that all that fun stuff so we're living life but with that comes a lot of stress and potentially burnout Uh, i got other stuff on my plate that i didn't talk about on the podcast and i'm coming up at the end of that which is fantastic and i just feel a little burnout sometimes so We're going to talk about some of the stuff I do today. So with that, let's dive in. Welcome back to another fantastic episode. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki of Unschooled Unleashed, and today we're going through how to manage stress, particularly with home education. Um, Yeah, something that everyone kind of deals with and no one really knows what to do with, but... I think I got some good strategies and I'm going to pass that on to you and uh, hopefully you benefit from it. With that, uh, let's just jump into the first thing. So the first thing is we need to recognize the signs of stress and burnout. We need to identify the common symptoms of stress, especially when we're doing home education, especially if you're doing any kind of curriculum. We unschool for that reason. Well, not just for that reason, but that's one of the big benefits of unschooling. Is we don't have a pressure, a timeline, all that stuff. But uh, you know, at times we do, we do feel overcommitted. That's for sure. Uh, when that happens, I tend to get short with people. Uh, the the kids they argue. Me and my wife argue. My sleep's interrupted. All that fun stuff. I'm sure you're similar. So we don't want to ignore the long term impacts of these signs. And what happens with me is I usually hit a point where there, there's a, an emotional breakdown, something that just kind of pushes me over the edge and everything in life stops. And the goal is to never let it get that far. Because along the way, you're going to create distant relationships. It might happen slowly, but it will happen. You're setting yourself up for bad habits. You'll eventually have to break if you want to have close relationships, if you want to not be a grumpy, angry person. <laughs> and... The more practical aspect of it as far as uh, productivity and just moving on with life is you're, you're going to suffer from lost time um, and not get as much stuff, stuff done that's important to you. And we talk a lot about that in this, uh, in this podcast. It may hold you back from things that matter. So hopefully I argued a really solid reason to focus in on this. What? What we try and do when we deal with stress, because oftentimes we're overcommitted, that's the thing, right? And this is a nice segue into the next topic. We need to set realistic expectations. Um, We really need to set achievable personal goals and academic goals. Now, again, we're unschoolers, so we don't have a curriculum. But... uh, we still have things that we want to do. And when we talk about achievable goals, oftentimes we were, people refer to SMART goals, meaning they're specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. And the way I'm able to do that is, first, I define it out on paper. So I wrote it down, and I keep it visible. And then I plug it into my calendar however much time I think it's going to take to achieve that, and I break it down into smaller parts. I'm not an ace at this. But I spent a long time trying to do this. and Maybe I'm better than, than most people at this, uh, I, I, I couldn't say. But I have spent a significant amount of my life trying to move forward in the least stressful way possible. And that means getting very clear on your goals, what you're hoping to do in life, and that includes home education with your kids. And I really find that writing these down help. I actually break it down into different categories of life. For example, I have an experience category where I create experiences because I'm, you know, dad, want to create all these cool experiences. Hence the stealth RV. It's a radical approach to it, but that's how I do things. Um, Also have just fatherhood, right? How to connect with my kids. And that's more of the relationship side. I have my marriage. I have a career. I have other, other aspirational things that I put down, like uh, businesses and stuff like that. So really, you really have to write this down and then keep it visible so it stays at the top of mind and then review it on a regular basis. But as far as setting realistic expectations, so now we know uh, we need to set achievable goals, but we need to adjust our expectation based on real life situations it's always going to change. You have, you have younger kids, you have kids that you're, uh, you're in home education, and things are just going to happen. Life happens, right? So you got to stay that flexible. For me, one of the things that happened recently was I got a tooth infection because I got into that biking accident. And then I didn't extract the tooth because I made a bigger deal out of it than I should have. And then I got infected, and it just interrupted my entire life, right? I have a 5, 8, and 9-year-old, and it's pretty constant I shouldn't say constant, but it's pretty regular interruptions. They do really, really good. But I just have to accept that's a part of life. Sometimes I get really short, especially when I'm under pressure, and I can't do that. Um, I also try and focus on the journey because I—I I, I was just thinking about this yesterday. We're gonna laugh about some of these things that are going on in the future. Like this is what makes life interesting. And when the crazier it is, like I look back at a vacation we took last summer, the crazier it is, the more laughable it is and the more memorable it is. And it might not always be good in the moment, but you're going to make it through it. And you're going to laugh about it later. And then you're going to connect with whoever was on that journey with you uh, because they're the only ones that you can connect with about it. And it was a crazy time, right? (laughs) Oh, gosh, I got stories. My next point is uh, the importance of self-care for parents. Boy, this is hard, especially when you have young children, but we really should aspire to keep uh, regular self-care routines for maintaining mental health. Particularly, uh, this is what I do in the morning when we wake up, and you might even be do it, do it before the kids wake mm-hmm. up. That's the best time. I did that for the, the entire time I had kids who couldn't speak and needed constant attention I always had to do things before they woke up that includes like working out all that stuff Uh, it might be silent time might be reading the Bible or uh, any kind of text that's really really positive for me it's the Bible Uh, planning out my day all that stuff it really helps me get clear and focused on exactly where I'm going I also might do some breathing exercises affirmations that kind of stuff just as a built-in morning routine and this regular approach to self-care I think over the long run really makes a big difference it's hard to maintain it because you won't see much of a difference necessarily within the moment you might I mean you, actually a lot of people do but the profound impact happens over time um, in addition to that some <clears throat> Self-care routines that really may help prevent burnout is uh, a counselor and just talking with with that counselor and going over stuff. Uh, it might be a coach for something that you're having a hard time breaking through with. For example, I have an acting coach who helps me break through a lot of the stuff that, I, you know, I carry around with me. And I find that acting for me, is actually this huge emotional and mental challenge because I have to tap into feelings that I might not be comfortable with. I have to put myself in other people's shoes, so I have to tap into empathy. These are things that I'm not necessarily strong in. There are some people who are very gifted. I'm not necessarily gifted in it, Uh, so it's a good exercise. I also have friends that I meet with on a regular basis. I have a guys group that I uh, get together with, and um, a lot of people who struggle with addiction or have family members who struggle with addiction or mental health issues. You can get involved with groups where everyone has the same addiction or the same loved one with the same addiction or mental health problem. And you can actually get sponsorship and with people who have been there doing it for a long time. And that's, that's uh, I think, really beneficial for a lot of people. Um, also, just taking naps, like building like naps if you're really tired, and walking, silent time, all that stuff. Regular routines is going to point your ship in the right direction, and you're going to see progress over time. It might not see it right away, but you'll see it over time. Next uh, point that uh, point I don't even know what to call these like next topic. <laughs> to help you avoid burnout and take care of yourself is incorporating mindfulness and relaxation techniques techniques so simple mindfulness exercises can be suitable for both parents and children uh, for example I will take a walk now that's my that's my routine currently is I'll go take a walk and really just kind of look around and focus on the beauty of everything it's autumn in Cleveland and the leaves are changing, and we got some really bright colors, so I try and focus on that. I focus on the nice fresh air. It's 60-degree day today as I record it. And we don't get a lot of those in November in Cleveland. It was actually 64 in my city. So it was beautiful to go out and walk around. I'll also establish a quiet time in the afternoon. We, we, we did this on a regular basis uh, with the children. And I really think that it was uh, quite beneficial. It uh, allowed them to take a nap if they needed a nap and allowed parents to do the same. But if not, we were able to just focus on, I don't know, whatever it might be in front of us that might require some quiet attention. And it really settled things down for the afternoon. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, the benefit, The benefits of these Mindfulness and relaxation techniques 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 help uh, with emotional and mental well-being. For example, you're gonna feel more in touch with your emotional state if you do this stuff. They they even got like an app called Headspace where you can meditate. Um, I I started out with that when I started meditation because that's another thing I do. And I really think it helps train you. To know what actually what meditation is, because think it's you think if you think it's just closing your eyes and trying to empty your head, you're wrong. So take a take a look at Headspace. I I recommend it if you're going to do that. Uh, so you're going to get more in touch with your emotional state. You might have things well up with you if you just pause. I, I think if you incorporate this mindfulness stuff in relaxation techniques, you're going to be mentally sharper. At least I am. I know I'm able to tackle the day better. That's why I actually move this stuff to the morning. And I'll do it in the afternoon if I need to, too. You'll also find that if you do this on a regular basis and just kind of pause, you're going to be less reactive to the day. And that's, if you're anything like me, a good thing. <laughs> the next point <laughs> in, this, in this podcast is uh, building a supportive community. Um, you really need to f- uh, find or create... Uh, a support network, particularly with homeschooling people, you know, they're going to go through the same struggles as you, and maybe they, they're a step ahead and that's always good. So I know I'm in a bunch of different Facebook groups. Uh, we're involved in local churches that have a lot of homeschooling families and programs for them. Uh, even like homeschooling neighborhood friends, uh, they're fantastic. Uh, because they're right down the street and they probably have kids close to your age. So you're homeschooling, they're homeschooling, get them together. You can talk. And and that's what we do. We, when we go for walks, we often see our neighbors, which, which is a lot of fun. And, uh, we've recently met a lot of our neighbors because we got our dog and that just opened up the the world to us apparently. (laughs) So, um, Really, really cool stuff to be able to do that. Especially, we're we're in a very walkable city. It's a very dense neighborhood, so it's uh it's easy to kind of meet people with that in that regard. Uh, community support has uh, also is also th- something that can help homeschooling families, because sometimes you, you feel like you're all alone, and you need to know you're not. I mean, that's one of the reasons I made this podcast. It's because I wanted to help to help people realize they're not alone, and you're not weird. You're not like the struggle's real. I mean, everything that you take on is is uh, going to be a little bit more pressure, even if it's energizing. Uh, but truly, you, you aren't alone. Uh, I looked up the stats this morning on homeschooling and. According to what I could find, you know, according to Google, Google, <laughs> around 5% of the kids in the U.S. are homeschooled. That's actually quite a lot. I'm you to think about that, like 5%. That's 1 in 20. 1 in 20 kids. you got 20 kids. One of them's homeschooled. That's incredible. There are some states that are upwards of 10% in their state are homeschooled. Uh, we're about the national average in Ohio at around 5%. I think it might be just a little bit more. But homeschooling is taking off, like, crazy all over the country. And we already kind of know this because of COVID, but it's like doubling in some states, which is incredible. And it shows uh, no signs of slowing down. Uh, We seem to be, um, it's still in the acceleration phase, which is pretty crazy. Uh, The acceleration is kind of slowing down a little bit after all the craziness that's happened over the past couple of years. But it's still excel- It's still uh, increasing year after year after year after year. Um, and when you think about like t- uh, 5% of kids in the U.S. are homeschooled, how many kids do you know that go to private school? Only 10% go to private school. So there's twice as many private school kids as there are, as there are homeschooled. But if you really think about that, you can look at a private school, see all those kids, and you say about half that in my neighborhood <laughs> are homeschooled, which is uh, kind of crazy. You can also congregate where other homeschooling families are, where they kind of hang out. And that's libraries, maybe the park, uh, learning programs around town, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of community support out there for uh, homeschooling families, not as much as I'd like. I'd love to see more, but there is a lot of stuff out there. On to our next point, uh, flexible scheduling and breaks. So (laughs) the homeschooling schedule, the home education schedule, needs to have a lot of breaks in downtime because you will run into a lot of issues if you don't do that Everything's not so regimented you can't do that that's not been my experience ever i was homeschooled again i know other homeschoolers we homeschool again getting too regimented is just gonna eat you up inside uh again we're we're really flexible so we do have uh more of uh, we we provide structure, less about dictating what's going to happen within it, but the structure to be able to do different things that uh, promote different uh, ways to interact with the world. Let's say, so for example, in the morning we do free play, so they're not a lot on screens. That's the newest thing. We were letting them on screens in the morning, like with coding and stuff, but it just started to become an all-day, everyday thing, and they weren't moving, and I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I move in the morning. So why not them? It's healthy. And honestly, the creativity is uh, at, at the highest level in the morning, and free play helps build creativity. So we want to get a lot of energy out. We want to get, let, help them be creative. So morning is for free play. I encourage them to get outdoors, especially when it's beautiful outside, because my kids fight it probably like yours. And then in the uh, early afternoon right after lunch, usually we'll do some uh, math. We haven't lately, we still haven't got back into it, but that's the structure we've always, that we've taken uh, through through all our homeschooling years. It just seems like something that you kind of need to sit down and do, and afternoon seems like a good time. Late afternoon, we allow them to do screens. That's usually like coding time for my kids and whatever else they're working on. Sometimes they make videos and stuff like that and in the evening no restrictions they can get on the start playing video games after dinner after they bathed after they cleaned up all that stuff their chores are done uh, but only on certain days we don't do video games every single day and then we have of course I've talked about this in the past we have one day where they just can play video games and do whatever they want movies tv all day one day a week call it Freedom day they get to make their own choices (laughs) They love it. Um, so as far as a strategy for creating a balanced and flexible routine, again, don't marry, don't get married to your routine. And I have to say, even if you're in a good routine, switch it up intentionally sometimes. Like just get outside all day, like take them to the park, uh, go go to the lake, go to the museum, go to the whatever, right? Just switch it up, keep it interesting. It'll it'll help them and it'll help you. Moving on. The next uh, topic the next point is delegating and sharing responsibilities again we're trying to avoid burnout 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 not fun um, if you are able to share some of the duties with the family for example you know, if you're able to share some of the duties, duties with the family you're going to not have as much on your plate And honestly, we should be doing this all together. So I make it clear to the kids that the kids are responsible for directing what they will do. I tell them what they, you know, hey, just get out and play. Do whatever you want. But you're in charge of it. Or if they get screens, I say, yeah, you can have screens. Do whatever you want uh, with that. But they're going to choose what they're going to do. I only try to provide structure. My wife and I communicate also what we when we will teach them we were handing off responsibilities back and forth with math for quite a while and then uh my wife just recently went back to work um full-time stay-at-home dad and uh now that's now it's primarily my responsibility although she jumps in every once in a while you can also collaborate with other homeschooling families and that can alleviate stress and that might uh how do i say it you're sharing the responsibility right um have your kids play with other homeschooling kids. You know, those parents might uh, just be watching their kids anyway and having them come over. I know we do that with uh, some of the neighborhood kids around us. And, uh, you know, we live on such a busy street, people don't like to come to our street, but I would love to do that with other people's kids, just have them in the backyard. And we've done that uh, with kids that live on our block, uh, particularly when they lived in uh, the same house as us because we live in a double. so it works really well when that happens but uh yeah it takes take some of the stuff off your plate try and get together with some friends and maybe take turns you know they take all the kids one day next day you take all the kids you know you have to watch them anyway so maybe that takes some off your plate some stuff off your plate the next point uh is focusing on the joy of learning again we're trying to avoid Burnout. So, if you discover the fun aspects of education and teaching, you might avoid burnout. Make it fun. Make it a chance to relive your childhood, rediscover stuff you found interesting, and share it with your children. Uh, try and make learning enjoyable and engaging for the whole family. Don't just, you know, you, you can do that yourself, but, uh, you know, do stuff therein to read as a family, make it a game. I know with math, we made it a game. We made it like a little competition on their own. And they tried to do the multiplication table. Uh, and they competed against themselves their best time. So we, when they beat their time, we'd celebrate, do some dances. And uh, you know, it was a lot of fun for the whole family. We all celebrated with them. So take it for what it's worth. But I think that's a good opportunity. Uh, you know, see, next topic, next point. Seek professional help when needed. It's very important to recognize when you need external help to avoid stress, the overwhelming stress and burnout. So when you feel it, get help. There's plenty of ways to do that. You can see a counselor, you can talk to a friend. Uh, I advocate getting some professional help when when it's bad. Otherwise you're going to snap, you're going to feel overwhelmed, have this unrelenting pressure and you're just not going to be a benefit to your family in that state. So get out. Next point, and it is our last point, at least as far as I could come up with, uh, is maintaining a healthy work-life balance. If you haven't listened to the previous last two episodes, I talk about balancing personal goals and home education. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. But there... you need to have a strategy for all this to balance home education with your personal life, like outside of home education and you need to have clear direction. So again, I talked, gosh, about an hour, you know, between two episodes about this. So I'm just, this is going to be very brief, but the the best things I can tell you to do are create monthly, annual, yearly goals and even 5- and 10-year goals, too. And when, when you talk about, like, beyond that, you're talking about lifetime goals. Um, Write them out. Okay? Write what you want to do out. And then review it weekly. Plug tasks into your week. Plug it in. into your life. And do this for both personal and educational goals. Okay? Because you're going to have, you know, you're not going to dictate to your kids, at least if you're on schooling what they're going to do. I like to let them make up their goals, but I am going to make goals surrounding experiences where I might take them like to the museum, uh, how we might spend our time. They wanna learn how to do uh, what's something recently, like uh, we're we're working with the box truck and converting that. So they got the tape measure and we're learning how to use a tape measure And, and, you know, including them in that kind of stuff, we can build goals around that, like have them come out and help me and we can learn about that stuff. So with unschooling, the cool thing is it's really about uh, life integration with education. You're going to learn a lot of practical stuff. You're going to learn about things that matter. So I think I think that's that's certainly beneficial. Some tips for. So when you're trying to balance homeschool, homeschooling or home education with your personal life and work. And all this stuff, you have to have boundaries and you have to prioritize effectively so uh, the only way I know how to do that is again, writing your stuff out and I have a big whiteboard that I write out each category of my life and then I put in there the things that I want, like my goals the things that I want out of that, the, the results I want I like to, I usually like to refer to them as results the results that I want to achieve And uh, as I plan my week, I plug it into the calendar. I communicate it with my spouse, and that's key. You have to communicate with your spouse. If you're not, then good luck. And then don't let uh, home education or your personal goals infringe on each other. You really got to keep yourself in check. They're both worth doing, but you have to sometimes table one for something else there's seasons right so just keep that in mind too for example this week I really hit it hard with with uh, something that I want to just get off my plate I want it done I want it out of here well that we didn't really do much with the kids because I'm full-time full-time stay-at-home dad that's okay because tomorrow, we're going to go out, we're going to have a great time. So with that, well, in this episode, um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know I sure did. So stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message, and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.